Yep. I can hear it. Very ominous. Isn't it? It's about to go down. Igor's coming. Igor's coming. It's alive! It's alive! He's taking a long time in coming, too. Hey, man, Sandy, <laughs> taking his time. Come on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. And, and Toby, you remember that that one episode where we kind of went off on craft work? Yeah. Yeah. We got a little bit of flack for that. But uh, you, you know what? You and I just shared a moment earlier where uh, I feel like we need to take this opportunity to go off on craft work again. <laughs> Because we're not done. So, so Tobe and I were hanging out, and, and the Bowie song, Let's Dance, comes on. Right, right, right. And, right. and we're like, hey, you know, this is kind of the song that, that broke Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, he played some guitar on that album and right. whatever. And what, what did we learn? We learned that Stevie Ray did not say no right. to David Bowie. But who did? Who? What? Craftwork did. Craftwork. They said no. It's another reason we're just not fans. Yeah. So all you people who gave us flack on social... Right back at you. I mean, it's basically like Holly Berry asking you out for prom. I mean, you don't say no to that. You're like, no. no. Like, Like, who does that? Who does that? Who does that? No one. Shame on you. Well, together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. Tobe, what are we listening to today? We are listening to the song Igor's Theme from the newly released album by an artist by the name of Tyler the Creator. Let's hop in the DeLorean to hear who influenced them and find out what track this was sampled from to make this hit. Rewind! Whoa, coming in hot. Ain't they? Wait for it. Wait for it. Uh. Uh. You gotta love that. The way, the way that that voice came in, like, ah, uh, I love that lead in. Yeah. Woo, that's so hard, oh, boy. That's good. It is. It is. All right. You tell the people what this goodness is, please. Well, this is the song Attention by the group Head West. Oh, Head West. Head West. You mean, uh, Go west, like uh, like to the YMCA. No, that is not at all where we are headed this episode. Head West is actually a little-known band that was headed up by Bob Welsh. Oh, that Head West. Yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely a group that not a ton of people know about, but man, that drum break. It's funky. Let's hear it again. That is certainly funky, man. But before we break all of that down, let's learn a little bit more about our first featured artist, Bob Welsh. All right. Well, Bob Welch was born in L.A. on August 31st of 1945. It's not a huge surprise that he ended up in the entertainment industry. L.A., L.A., right? So his dad was a producer and screenwriter for Paramount, 
and worked with stars like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby and even produced the 1953 Academy Awards. That's impressive. It is impressive. Mm -hmm. Well, his mother, Templeton Fox, which, by the way, great name, was a radio star and actress. So her real name was Esther. So I, uh, yeah, Esther. Yeah, you don't you don't hear a lot of those nowadays. So good call in changing it to Templeton. No offense at all to all the Esthers out there, but uh, Templeton just has a little bit more panache. Does you know what? what? My school bus driver was actually named Esther. (laughs) She did not have panache, my friend. None at all. Mine was named uh, Large March. Yeah, that that was ours. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't think that was a real name. But uh, all right, let's get back to Bob. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. But more that I think about. Templeton, it just uh, makes me think of Charlotte's Web and, and the rat. Yeah, from right. Charlotte. yeah, he was Templeton. So uh, not apropos for our music conversation no, here. It's a di- yeah, different road. Well, Bob picked up, Bob Welch picked up the clarinet at a young age before eventually switching to guitar. You know, a lot of cats pick up an instrument to impress the ladies. Mm-hmm. And unless your name is like Benny Goodman, yeah. I think you're better off switching to guitar from <laughs> yeah, clarinet for yes, sure. For sure. Well, Bob was apparently a smart kid and was good enough to get into Georgetown. I bet his parents didn't even put down a breath. <laughs> well, how would you know that, sir? You know why? Because he didn't go. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure my folks plunked down some cash and were like, hey, you're going to Georgetown. And then I didn't go. I don't think I would have stuck around long enough to make albums. You know, you're probably right. My parents are the same in that, I would say. So Bob instead went to Paris. Oh, that's Okay. What he did in Paris, I'm so glad that you asked, yes. smoked hash with guys five years older. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's the quote well, I, I have mean, here. <laughs> I guess that's better than Georgetown. <laughs> Anytime. Learning. Uh, well, ironically, he then moved back to the States, went to UCLA, and guess what he studied? Hmm. French. Oui, oui. <laughs> that's also where he joined the group The Seven Souls, whose main claim to fame was losing a battle of the band's competition. Look, man, I've, I've seen these competitions. I... Please tell me this is not the high watermark of Bob's career. No, well, this competition actually was legit, with the grand prize being a contract with Epic Records. Oh. And they lost to Sly and Family Stone. Wow. So it sounds like there was some legit competition out there for sure. Uh, It sounds like Simon Cowell had some tough decisions to make there. (laughs) Well, here's some other random tidbits about the Seven Souls. One, they performed at the Motown debut of the Jackson 5. Wow. Band members Bobby Watson and Tony Maiden went on to create the band Rufus with Shaka Khan. Yes. And they were produced by Johnny Guitar Watson. Not bad for a group that released only two singles. Let's hear one of those. This is a 1967 track that became a top 40 hit in England called I Still Love You. Let's check it out. I still love you too, buddy. I mean, I can definitely see this sitting in that 67 vibe. It's a good tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. So, do you mind if we can, we... can we play something a little risque on this show? Now, you know, you realize this is a family show. So, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I love me a little Johnny Guitar Watson. Okay. And this song in particular is one of my faves because I've never heard anyone else spin lyrics about baloney and Kareem and make it work so well. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not sure why that's so risque, but let's have all the little ones put on their earmuffs just in case. All right, let's do it. Stop at the supermarket to get myself something to eat. 
And when I looked at the prices, uh -huh. it knocked me off of my feet. What happened next? I was in the baloney section. Oh, okay. And I had to take myself a close look. And then what happened? Our beauty bar couldn't have made these prices. Skyhook, ain't that a bitch? See, this is the reason why I only had two two singles. <laughs> this is it. No, this is Johnny Guitar Watson. Oh, this is my man. Okay. This is your man. This is your dude. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that little mm -hmm. detour. But no back problem. to Bob Welch, who, after the breakup of the Seven Souls, headed back to Paris and started the trio Head West. Is Paris West? All right, man. You are talking to the wrong guy. I am extremely directionally challenged. It all depends, I think, on where you're starting from, unless you're Kyrie, and then the Earth is flat, right, and you're going right. to fall off somewhere. Exactly, exactly. Fair enough. So we've already played Attention and the drum break that has been sampled by not only our first featured artist, Tyler the Creator, but also by a popular virtual band and a wrestling icon. But we'll save all of that for the bonus material. Ooh, I like it. You're teasing you like us already. Yeah, okay. Some, some. Well, being heavily involved on the periphery of great bands seems to be Bob's calling card. After Head West, went south. You see what I did there? <laughs> I see, I uh, see. Bob hooked up with a British blues band by the name of Fleetwood Mac. You, uh, you may have heard of them. Yeah, I've, I think so. I've heard some rumors. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well done. <laughs> well, I think everyone with access to recorded songs has heard Fleetwood Mac's mega hits. Most folks are familiar with that famous rumors-era lineup of Mick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, Christine, and John McVeigh. But not a lot of people are familiar with the long and convoluted history of the band's previous lineups. Let's start with the co-founder, Peter Green. First, let's give a spin to the 1968 Fleetwood Mac single, Black Magic Woman, written by Green, and later made into a smash hit by Santana. I got a black magic woman I got a black magic woman Yes, I got a black magic This would have been a fun song to record. So yeah. I can't see That she's a black magic woman And the song is great as is, the Santana killed it. It did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear perhaps the biggest hit from the original lineup of Fleetwood Mac, the 1969 single, Oh Well, which reached number two in Britain that year. And this is the live version. It's just fantastic. Okay, let's hit it. Go ahead now. Right? I would love feeling. to play this one live too. It'd be, be fun. fun. And now we begin the chaos and turmoil of Fleetwood Mac's lineups. Ooh, yeah, there's a lot. And in 1971, enter Bob Welsh. Well, he entered at a good time, musically at least, since this is also when Christine, newly married to John McVie, joined the band. The first Fleetwood Mac album that Welsh appeared on was 1971's Future Games. Let's take a listen to the Welsh pen title track. Definitely got that 70s adult contemporary Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, Future Games went gold and reached number 91 on the Billboard 200. It was followed by Bear Trees in 1972. 
the last album to also feature Danny Kerwan before he was fired from the band. Dang, fired. Well, he was behaving badly. (laughs) Well, then there's that. So Bear Trees went platinum and reached number 70 on the Billboard charts. It also included a song written by Welsh called Sentimental Lady. Let's check that out. Nothing like the 70s sound. It's true. There's really nothing like it. I can listen to Kristen V even when she's just somewhere floating in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Well, this song would later go on to be a solo hit for Welch in 1977, reaching the top 10 on both the Billboard Hot 100 and Adult Contemporary charts. Let's hear the solo version, which also features Christine McVie and Lindsey Buckingham on backing vocals and Mick Fleetwood on drums. So yeah. it's pretty much a revised Fleetwood Mac version. Yeah, it's pretty much Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay. uh, so, but I don't know. I guess they just he just wanted to re-release it. It also contains one of those Mondragreens I heard when I was a kid. Okay, what was what, that? <laughs> well, I always thought he was singing Sentimental Gentleman, hmm. and I just couldn't figure out why some random sappy dude was blowing through his life again. I, it was just weird to me, but the wind part makes a little bit more sense now. And anyway, let's let's give it a listen. Let's do it. You know what? It does sound like Gentleman. Thank you. Like, I don't get this song. But, but the name of the song is Sentimental Lady. You do realize. But that's why I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Sentimental Gentleman, there would have been a whole lot more people confused to that's tell you what, the writer for sure. So I hear you, Monda Green, but do you know that the placeholder for the chorus that Bob was using when he wrote this? Mm, no, lay it on me. Okay, my legs are sticks and my feet are stones. Wow. That's, uh, huh. I mean, it kind of sounds like he might have been hitting that, that French hash again. Wee wee. Wee wee. So, speaking of France, let's fast forward to Welsh's solo career, beginning with his 1977 album, French Kiss. More French. More French. Man. Wee wee. His next album we call French Fries. But anyway, so this reached number 12 on Billboard album charts and had three hit singles, including Sentimental Lady and this track, Ebony Eyes. Almost like a little ELO sound there. Mm-hmm. Who I love. I like ELO. Yeah. Well, French Kiss also featured the pseudo-rock disco stylings of actually one of my favorite Welch tracks, Hot Love, Cold World. Let's hear that. We both can't be wrong. I must be right. Hot love, cold world. So Welch followed up French Kiss with the gold-certified Three Hearts album and continued releasing albums well into the 80s. Well, unfortunately, he also developed a nasty cocaine and heroin addiction. Mm. He also had a young band that used to rehearse in his garage by the name of Guns N' Roses. Oh, you wow. heard of them? Absolutely, absolutely. And apparently they were not the only ones dancing with Mr. Brown. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Okay. So thankfully, Bob was able to get clean in 1986 and abstain from drugs for the rest of his life. That's well, good. It, 
Yeah, it's good on you, Bob. At that point, he also spent more time writing for others and less time performing. Sadly, however, Bob took his own life in June of 2012 at the age of 66. He'd actually gone through spinal surgery a few months earlier and was told that he was never going to recover. Yeah, he was in pain and was on some pretty heavy pain meds. And he left a long love letter to his wife that also indicated that he didn't want her to have to take care of an invalid. Yeah. So, uh, you know, really sad stuff for sure. But, you know, he left a, a musical legacy that, that lives on definitely in our next feature track. All right, well, let's move on to that and take another listen to Igor's theme by Tyler, the Creator. I don't smoke, but I'm going to go outside and take a smoke break while we wait for this chord to, to finish playing. interesting cat. This is like Sting's butt, you know? He just sat on it for, he was like, oh, I'm, oh, look, I'm sitting on the keyboard over here. There's that beat again, though. All right, Tob, can you tell us a little bit about Tyler, please? So Tyler Gregory Okonoma was born on March 6, 1991 in Ladera Heights, California. I was reviewing some of our past episodes, and one thing that has always made itself manifest is a lot of these artists demonstrated their artistic creativity really early on. And Tyler really was no different. At the age of seven, he was actually taking out covers of CDs around the house and then creating his own covers instead wow. with imaginary for his own imaginary albums. That's pretty cool. It's definitely creative. Tell what were you doing at seven? At seven, I remember it vividly. I was actually uh, watching other kids eat glue and <laughs> yeah. sniff rubber cement. That's in our <laughs> class. At least you weren't class. the one doing that. Yeah, no, no. I'm proud my, of you. Yeah, I was scared of my mom. She told me if I ever did that, don't don't be anything like Elliot. That's what she told me. Don't be like him. So I definitely wasn't creating album covers for imaginary albums. But uh, yeah, definitely pretty cool. Well, we do a lot of research for this show, and at times we make assumptions about how people turn out based on what they did, but we always try to start out with the facts. So why don't you give us a few more? So this guy attended 12 schools during his 12 years of schooling, okay? Uh, All the schools—12, man, literally— So all of the schools were located in the Sacramento and Los Angeles area. Now, I I couldn't find any information out about why he went to that many different schools, but I think it's safe to say that that kind of experience certainly can affect one's outlook Uh, on life. Am I right? right? No doubt. Well, in school, he was said to be shy and quiet, but he learned to express himself in different ways. Taught himself how to play the piano, and as it turns out, his affinity to being self-taught isn't just limited to music. He also taught himself how to skateboard as well, just from watching videos. So did you have a skateboard at all when you were young? No. Never? Look, buddy, I have enough hobbies that can result (laughs) in bodily harm. I don't skateboard, never been skiing, but uh, you know what? I have always loved the artwork on skateboards. I think it's fantastic. I remember, actually, especially growing up, Scott Ian from Anthrax always had these sweet-looking boards. Nice, nice. Okay. So in 2007, Tyler Tingle— Wait, hold on. Did you skateboard? Did I? Well— yeah, I did actually. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, a little I had, jealous. I had a little. No, I, it, I didn't have one of the serious so boards. Cool. Like I always wanted to skateboard. It, it's cool until you fall off. You fall <laughs> off if you call. There's not enough Charmin in the world to, to, to kind of help you out in that case. But yeah, it was cool. It's cool yeah. while you're on. While right. you're on, it's cool. So in 2007, Tyler teamed up with some other artists to form the hip hop collective called Odd Future. 
The other founding members included Byron Turner, a.k.a. Left Brain, Gerard Long, a.k.a. Haji Beats, and Devon Wilson, a.k.a. Jasper Dolphin. I love these code Jasper names. Jasper Dolphin? Isn't that cool? I don't know what that means. That's cool, though. <laughs> so other notable members include Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean. That one's not so cool. Earl Sweatshirt? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, and Sid the Kid, who's the front woman of the R&B group called The Internet. Very cool. Well, on Christmas Day in 2009, Tyler released his debut mixtape, Bastard. And no, that's just the name of the mixtape. Don't right. look, look at me like that. <laughs> it was mostly produced by Tyler himself, and he used one of the most important meals of the day to do it. Tobe, I know you never skip breakfast. Well, to be honest, it wasn't breakfast, but a program that shared the name of one of my favorite cereals. Oh, so okay. Tyler used a program called Fruity Loops, created by the Belgian company. Is Image that one of your go-to cereals, by the way? I, I do. Yeah, that yeah, Cap'n Crunch. Mm. That, I mean, those, it's, that's, that's do tough. Do you do Crunch Berries or Peanut Butter Crunch I, or just I, the main Not the Peanut Cap- Butter. I oh. won't do the Peanut Butter. Oh, wow. I, I draw the line right okay. there. Right. I draw the Fair line enough. there. Yeah. Crunch Berries gets, the, gets the, the head nod. I can definitely do that. So, so he uses this program. It's called Fruity Loops. It was created by this Belgian company called Image Line. He used that program to create the music for this project. Huh. Well, I'm not familiar. I actually use Logic as my main DAW, and I know that... You have used a different program called Reason to create your stuff, but uh, have you ever used Fruity Loops or do you just eat them? I haven't used Fruity Loops at all, but I can tell you that back in the day, we used to think it was more or less like a starter program for producers, right. so not not as advanced as some of the other ones. Yeah. But as the years have passed— Probably like a garage band kind yeah, of thing, maybe? Th- that's kind of the impression okay. that I had initially. But as the years have passed, I mean, a lot of solid production has come from Fruity Loops. It turns out that Tyler isn't the only one to use that platform. You are correct, actually. Other hip-hop and EDM producers like Ninth Wonder, Afrojack, and Southside have also used Fruity Loops. So, again, it's not about the equipment. It's about the talent. True that. True that. Actually, with names like that, you got to give respect to the program, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tyler's efforts certainly paid off. The Bastard mixtape attracted enough attention to reach 32 on Pitchfork Media's top album list of 2010. He also earned the attention of the British independent record label XL Recordings and was signed to a one-year deal. I mean, you got to be a big deal to get on XL Recordings. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Well, with the strength <laughs> and blessing of this signing, he decided to get back into the studio and continue recording. On February 11th in 2011, he, he released his first studio album, Goblin. Let's take a listen to one of the singles from this release. This is a song called Yonkers, and it's the cleanest version I could find. Triceratops, reptile, rapping as I'm mocking deaf rock stars, wearing synthetic wigs made of anwars, dreadlocks, bedrock, harder than a fucking flintstone, making crack rocks out of fish bones. This Jasper trying to get grown about five, seven of his. So, as you probably can tell, yeah. Tyler has no problems using profanity, and oftentimes his messages are one that are met with a lot of controversy. So, this is a type of hip-hop that's been labeled as horrorcore. So, other artists that are in the same lane are the Ghetto Boys, Chino XL, Eminem, Cage, Ill Bill. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So, these artists, they live in that lane where shock value is leveraged, and it certainly equates to a lot of record sales. Does it? Because, look, I remember listening to the Ghetto Boys back in the day, and truthfully, like, it freaked me out, man. I was like, man, that's, there's hardcore, and then there's hardcore. Like, that's that's a whole different level. But I'm not a horror movie guy either. So tell me, how popular do you think this horrorcore hip-hop genre is? I do think it's pretty popular. I mean, people don't necessarily label it as horrorcore. They yeah. might like these artists, but uh, maybe not, you know, 
And not everything labeling. these artists create is in that lane either. Agreed. So. Agreed. So, but it certainly has, they have a, a very solid listening base. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who actually, you know, wonder just like you do, you know, like you are, like, man, who actually is listening to this stuff? Like, who likes this? But at the same time, there's a certain cult following that, like, a lot of these uh, slasher films as well. Yeah, and true. I, I kind of compare those yeah, fan bases. I guess there is something for everybody. Yeah, that's right. It's music. Well, the video for Yonkers is pretty crazy. There's images of him eating insects, vomiting, and then committing suicide. So, yeah, there's that. That's crazy. Uh, That type of shock value combined with the strength of the content and buzz around him and Odd Future earned him the Best New Artist Award at the MTV Video Music Awards in 2011. So, shock value sells. It definitely does. So Odd Future diversified their creativity with a sketch comedy show on MTV's Adult Swim called Loiter Squad that premiered on March 25th, 2012. The sketches featured Tyler as well as some of the core members of Odd Future as well as guest appearances by Lil Wayne, Seth Rogen, and Johnny Knoxville. All right, well, back to the music. Tyler released his second studio album entitled Wolf in April of 2013. This album featured Erica Badu, which, where did that come from? As well as, I mean, awesome, as well as Odd Future members Frank Ocean and Earl Sweatshirt. All But One Song was produced by Tyler, and it debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 and sold 90,000 copies in its first week. Yeah, so the first single from the album was released on February 14th in 2013. It's a song called Domo 23. Let's take a listen to that. Did you see this video? No, I haven't yet. You should check this video out. It's funny. It's Is a it? wrestler video. It's, it's actually pretty entertaining. All right, I'll pull yeah. it up. He's a creative guy. Well, Tyler released his third studio album entitled Cherry Bomb, and although he only sold 51,000 copies in the first week, it still reached number two on the Billboard 200. Yeah, so the album features Kanye, Lil Wayne, Schoolboy Q, and Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson? Yeah. Wow. So the track that features Charlie Wilson also features Kali Uchis. I think that's how you say her name. I want to say it's Kali. Yeah, well, that's Uchis, what we call Ukis, it. Ukis? Yeah, maybe it's Ukis. So the track that features Charlie Wilson also features Kali Ukis. I'm going to give you the clean version of the song title. It's called Flippin' Young. Hmm. Let's take a listen to that. Like, you know, what you do with burgers. Right. <laughs> Flippin' with it. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> can definitely hear Charlie in the background. Mm-hmm. So he actually performed this track and another called Death Camp that year at the Coachella Music Festival. And if you're thinking that titles like those would instigate some controversy, well, you'd be right. Yeah, so at Coachella, it was reported that Tyler was actually making fun of the celebs in the VIP section who were not enjoying the music as much as he wanted them to. Wait a minute. So you're hanging out in VIP and you're like, you don't like my music? I'm going to make fun of you? Yeah, I mean, while performing. So, I mean, like, so he's performing and then he's looking at the— Oh, so that's part of his show is to get everybody riled up. More shock value, essentially. Exactly. So to make matters worse, he was actually banned from touring in Australia for his offensive lyrics toward women. 
It's also been reported that England's former prime minister, Theresa May, actually banned him from performing in England for about, what, three to five years? Okay. Well, yeah. Again, for abrasive lyrics. What do you do when you're getting all this negative press towards your music? Yeah. So that's a Jeopardy question. Let me answer that one. So, Alex, I I totally know what you do in this situation. Please form it in the frame of a question. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. What is you come out with another TV show? (laughs) So we stop doing music and get back to TV. Why not? That's smart. So in June 2017, his new show called Nuts and Bolts premiered on Viceland. So this show focused on things that he thought were interesting, like how to make a stop-motion video or how to build a very comfortable lounge chair or the process of creating syrup. Because who doesn't want to create syrup? (laughs) So honestly, it sounds to me like he's very creative and he's a curious dude and just possibly he might be playing the whole controversy card to, you know, sell records. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Well, 2017 definitely was a busy year for this guy. So I think the best way to discuss all that, you know, that he did during this year is probably just put it in a timeline. All right, so, lay it on me. So in July of 2017, his fourth album, Flower Boy, was released. Okay, this album was well-received and got him nominated for the Best Rap Album. Mm, okay. So I think he only—he lost that year to Kendrick Lamar's Damn album, right? Okay. So, but yeah, still props. He got nominated. Right. So then his second TV show, Nuts and Bolts, was released in August, you know, as we already Like a month later. Yeah. Right? And then he released an animated TV sitcom called The Jellies on Adult Swim that did well enough to get renewed for a second season. That's busy, man. All in one year. You, you look— Tired. I am. There. I'm okay? exhausted. <laughs> looks like, looks like you need a break. And apparently, so did Tyler. Since we need to fast forward another couple of years to May of this year, 2019, to hear another album from Tyler. This album was just released, but it features a ton of talent that we saw on some of his past projects, including Pharrell, Kanye, Charlie Wilson, and CeeLo. It seems to have be you know pretty well received. Uh, I mean, yes. If premiering at number one on the Billboard charts is well received, I. I think you can do better than that. I will be curious to see how well this record does in the long term. All right, my friend. Are you ready to dive in this episode's bonus material? Let's do it. Let's do it. So what do you say we take a listen to a few more tracks that have sampled Head West's attention? Yeah, and with that killer drum break, it's not a surprise it's been used to create other hits. Starting with this one off of Gorilla's 2001 hippopotamusly named debut album. Let's listen to New Genius Brother. I'm glad you said that, not me. <laughs> that way, man, we'd have been here all day with that one for me. That beat's still funky. I don't care what you do over it. Man. funky, too. These guys are great. They are. I'm a fan. So since we are listening to Gorillaz, can we play their first big smash hit? I mean, that's my jam. I don't know, Tobe. You know, you've got to ask yourself one question. <laughs> do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Oh, wow. That, that was good. Good job, buddy. Good job. So, so no need for all the name calling. I just want to hear the song. Can we hear that, please? Okay, fine. Let's take a listen to Clint Eastwood from the Gorillas. On the hype, shit you like it. Gun smoke, you're righteous with one. Talk your psychic among no possess you with one. Go. I remember this video. It was so crazy. I mean, speaking of, of a group that's doing with all the animation and just creating this whole thing, it's beautiful. Absolutely. So 
Let's hear how Mac Miller used the tensions break on his 2017 track called Red Dot Music, featuring Action Bronson and Loaded Lux. Mm. Slow it down, it's still funky. I think I can see a fool halo. halo About to meet my maker, brought a double cup of Drano, Drano. Soda for the flavor, uncontrollable behavior With some psychopathic tendencies Tobe, I got a question Hit me If you were a wrestler, like a professional wrestler Because mm-hmm. that's the only kind of wrestler you would be Right, right What would your entrance theme music be? Easy answer Oh, easy <laughs> Okay There's a song called uh, Let's Get It On by Smith & Wesson That mm. is my jam that it, that's that's it. Love I don't know that song. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Talk to me after the show. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, John Cena decided to get himself some attention too. So let's hear how he used the drum break for his entrance theme. The time is now. Here come the lights and the fog. Speaking of time, we are almost out of it. So let's re- say it ain't so. <laughs> right. So let's re- recap what we covered in this episode. Our first feature track was Bob Welsh and Head West's song Attention. And our second feature track was Tyler the Creator's Igor's theme. All right, good stuff. And what do we have lined up for our next episode? Well, we're going to head on down to the Yellow Brick Road and try to avoid the Young Man Blues. Mm. Which should be pretty easy for us. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I think we've graduated to old man blues. Yes, yes, we we certainly have. Well, I have more than a feeling you are correct about that, sir. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. All right, sounds like fun. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Riffs on Riffs. Huzzah. Keep listening. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me 
and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.